0: Well, we're blessed to be able to uh, gather, albeit online like this. It wasn't that many years ago where the church would not be able to even cope with a situation like this, but here we are, we're gathered, we're studying 1 John. This is part three, walking in the light, 1 John and the path to living deeply in Christ. Get a Bible and church, let's just study this text together on walking in the light. The text is 1 John, we finished verse 6 last Sunday morning. Today we're going to pick up verse 7, 7 through 10, 1 John chapter 1. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin... We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he, that's God. Look at this. He is these two words here interest me. He's faithful and just. Faithful to himself. We talked about his holiness. He's faithful to himself and he's just to forgive us. Now, I would have thought it would just say he's loving and will forgive us or he's gracious and will forgive us. And he is both those things. But John emphasizes he's faithful to himself and he's absolutely just. He can he can forgive my sin and still be just and holy. And the reason, of course, look at this. It's because it's because of the blood of Jesus. God's wrath, the judgment that I deserve, Jesus bears on the cross. And that needs to be said because a lot of people are starting to doubt and question and re-explain that atonement image. So if we confess our sins, nine, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Last week, we saw that there are two truths that that need to be confronted right out of the starting gate of the Christian life. If if fellowship with God is to be realized, John begins with these two truths because everything Christian about my life will be make-believe without these two things. First, A, God is always holy and makes no partnership with willful continued sin. I'm not talking about failures where we repent and come to Christ and receive mercy. I don't mean that. But where there's an embracing, a willful continued delight in in sin. God is always holy. He makes no partnership with willful continued sin. I see that in verse 5. This is the message we have heard. And proclaim to you that that God is God is light. There's the positive statement, and then here's the negative. In Him is no no darkness, and then He says, at all, He's light. There's no compromise with wickedness, no compromise with darkness. And, and John says, here's here's the very first thing you need to know about God. You won't even take the gospel seriously. Until you understand that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So so he's not just full of grace. He is, but he's not just full of grace. He's not just full of mercy. I mean, true, He he forgives sin, but even more, he removes and cleanses us from sin. Maybe better still, he helps us overcome sin, but what he never does do ever is just Tolerate sin. His being, his nature, in which there's no darkness at all, it reacts to sin the way your body reacts to a foreign bacteria. He can't ever act differently. So in a sense, he can't help reacting eternally against sin any more than the sun can help being warm. He's light. In him is no darkness, by the way, at all. John says. That's the first thing. The second thing we need to know, if we want to have fellowship with him, is I will, will, if I'm going to walk in the light, walk repentantly, growing in Christ, I must constantly overcome my latent spiritual dishonesty, if I can put it that way. I see that in verse 6. Here's what he's talking about. If, if, If we say... We have fellowship him with him while we walk in darkness. We, we lie. Do not practice the truth. So, so there's this, this inner motivation to, to saying something that isn't true. There's this inner motivation to a little bit of dishonesty, maybe quite a bit of dishonesty when we look at our own hearts, our own souls. Fellowship with God isn't just a matter of saying we believe in Jesus. It's a matter of ever deepening, humble honesty with myself and my own heart. I need to hear John's words in verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. I need to hear those words quite quite personally. I mean they're about me i i have I have a self life so do you it It tends to deception at times it tends to drift the hymn prone to wander, Lord, I feel it that that's what that's what's being addressed here. It takes constant attention to keep in the light to stay in fellowship with God. Paul tells us if we sow to the flesh. We'll just reap corruption. Sowing to the flesh isn't just sleeping with your neighbor's wife. It, it's just allowing my own inward dishonesty to sway my thinking in my favor. It's claiming fellowship with God while justifying darkness or disobedience or maybe just indifference in some corner of my life. Here's what I think. Periodically, as I grow in Jesus, it will be necessary for the Spirit of God to talk to me about my sin. We would all agree with that. The thing is, my first reflex, unguarded reaction to that voice can very easily be procrastination... Self-justification, sometimes even blatant denial. I, I can, if I'm not careful, when the Lord speaks, I can look to find some reason, some extenuating circumstance, what someone else did, some excuse. This, By the way, this is especially true. And this is what John's letter is about. We'll see it in the text today. This is especially true when God talks to me about my relationship with someone else. Maybe a relationship that I cherish that he's saying I need to relinquish. Or maybe more frequently, a relationship that I've come to resent and God is calling me to grace and costly forgiveness. And so John pleads with these people by the Spirit of God and he pleads with you and me and, and he says, Don, remember, walk in the light. Your, your fellowship with God isn't, isn't automatic. Don't let that tendency to self-justify and to put God on hold. Don't let that go unchallenged. Don't even start to say we have no sin. Don't even start to lie and not practice the truth. It's so important that John, he picks it up again from different angles in these four verses. That was a long introduction. Don't worry, we're we're moving along. Point number one. To walk in the light, the Christian must always deal honestly and humbly with his own heart. I see that in verse seven. If we walk in the light as he is in the light. I want to talk about that phrase in a minute. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light. Behold the power of this definition of fellowship with God. Fellowship with God always forces me to deal deeply and honestly with my own heart. So this is what this is what the light of God does when it hits my life. God's light illuminates, lightens up things that were once concealed in my heart. That's what light does. Everything gets exposed. Things that were fogged over, perhaps even from my own mind, they start to become clear when I get up close and personal with God. And so I end up with this... Circular kind of situation. To have fellowship with God, I have to walk in the light. When I walk in the light, more and more of my own prejudice, my sin gets exposed. And if that isn't happening in my life, then I have no fellowship with God. I'm just talking about a fellowship that, that doesn't actually exist. So, how am I to walk in this living, uh, percolating, enlightening fellowship with God. How do I constantly respond and involve myself with God as fellowship with Him lightens up my heart? I think every Christian is faced with one of two choices. Every Christian is faced with one of two choices every time he draws near to God through Jesus Christ. I can decide that the price of fellowship with God, walking in the light, I can decide that that's just too high. I mean, we don't say that. Those words are never actually said. But we can vote that way with our hearts. Sometimes people do it in church services. Maybe they'll do it today. The light of God's Spirit exposes something that they love, but He hates or someone they hate, but he loves. And without denying God outwardly, I can choose very discreetly, very quietly, just to close my heart to the light. After a while, I can do it without even pausing to think about it, and a little while longer, and it won't even feel like I'm denying God. So that quiet, peaceful denial, like Judas kissing Jesus on the cheek... It it can become quite common, and so John takes the time to caution against it in other letters that he wrote. Look at John's Gospel. John 3, 19 to 21. And this is the judgment. This is the same wording, eh? The light has come into the world. And same thing. People love the darkness. These are the same words he uses in our text in First John. They love darkness rather than the light because, well, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does wicked things, that's a little strong, isn't it? Hates the light. Does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his deeds have been carried out in God. So here's John's test of faith. Truly, Christian people grow in embracing what the light of fellowship with God reveals. I mean, I love, I love the light of God when it shines in other areas. I love the light when it's a lamp unto my feet and the light unto my path. I love the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I love the light when it's helping me to know where I should put my feet, when I need divine direction. Everybody loves the light in that sense. The real test comes when the light isn't shining outwardly, guiding my steps, but when the light is shining inwardly, prompting correction and repentance. See, that's when people, that's when people might talk about the light and read about the light, but they really don't love the light. That's when people stay home from church because it's suddenly full of hypocrites. That's when Christians stop listening to godly advice from other people. There are a dozen responses, but that's what happens when people don't love the light when it corrects. B. So that's the first option, <sighs> to have fellowship with God, to walk in the light when it shines into my heart. That's the first option is, well, the price is just too high, and you stop following at some point. The second option, B, every Christian has is a very tender and beautiful one. We can, we can walk in the light as he is in the light and be and be cleansed and freed in the process. look at verse seven if if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There's the sins I know about. There's the sins I don't know about. All of my sins get cleansed as I walk in the light. What does it mean, though? That phrase, what does it mean to walk in the light, verse 7, as he is in the light? I mean, that he, at the beginning of verse 7 is the same person as God in verse 5. All the he's and him's refer to God. Walk in the light as he is in the light, verse 7. I mean, surely God doesn't have to come into the light by confessing his sin. He never sins. So, so what can John mean? How are we to walk in the light as he is in the light? And I think, I think there are other verses of Scripture. We're just going to look at one that gives some clues as to what John might mean. I'm thinking of 2 Timothy 2.13. If, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. That doesn't mean, by the way, we can, we can be faithless and sin and don't worry, God's faithful. He's going to love you anyway. What it means is if we're faithless, God is faithful to his holy character. There would be judgment. That's what that's talking about. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he, he cannot deny himself. I think this is what John is getting at when he talks about walking in the light, verse 7, as he is in the light. I think he means everything about God is consistent with the absolute purity of his being. I think he means every part of God's being is always and instantly moving in the same direction. He isn't holy sometimes and questionable at other times. He never acts in any way that doesn't fit with who he is. He never has anything to conceal. He never has anything to hide. He never has anything to be ashamed of. He never has to pretend to be holy and pure. There's nothing about him that would ever get the upper hand in the battle for integrity. His life, his being is a unified whole. There, John says. Walk in the light as he is in the light. And if you're like me, you want to just stop and say, sure, John, right, no problem. Then maybe I'll walk on water and create the world in seven days. So I get it. And yet... John teaches there's a more limited way we can walk in the light just as God is in the light. And it has to do with what I do when the closeness of my fellowship with God makes me aware of areas where his character and mine don't mesh. And John's promise is, if I'll quickly confess Quickly repent, quickly yield to the Lord. Whatever dark blemishes appear on my soul, they'll start to disappear. I don't just mean by that that I'll be forgiven. That's preciously true. Forgiveness is precious, but I need more than forgiveness. And John is very specific about what is offered through the power of the blood of the cross when it's applied to a heart that's committed to bring all sin into the light. He repeats it several times just for added weight. It's in in verse 7. The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It's in verse 9. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse, there it is again, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So John's describing the very thing We're after. he's, He's putting within our reach what we usually think is out of our reach. He's not talking about how you can have some specific sin forgiven when you feel like a miserable failure. He's not just talking about that. He's talking about living in the light as he is in the light. So there's some real, ongoing, permanent transformation. That that truth, it has to grip your mind before it can grip your life. And that's what's promised if you walk in the light. Point number two, we're almost done actually. The ongoing power of the blood of Jesus in my life, note this, is directly tied to the wholeness of relationship with the body of Christ. He says something that's really quite surprising here. And we need, to, we need to discuss it together. Look at verses 6 and 7. Read them together. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship With one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. That something in the logic of those verses looks really wrong. I mean, verse six talks about the conditions necessary for fellowship with God, and verse seven then says if we meet those conditions, we end up with fellowship with one another. But why doesn't John just say what what would be obvious? If we walk in darkness, we lose fellowship with God. He said that. So if we walk in the light, we would have fellowship with God. That's what the verse should say. And they would say that if John were merely reminding us of the obvious. But he isn't. John is trying to remind us not just about something we already know, but something we're likely to miss. I still remember the first time, the very first time I was driving with Reenie back to Morden, Manitoba, going through Chicago, the American route. And my father-in-law, he gave me the driving directions. And he paused at one point to make sure I was listening. And he says, you stay on Route 70 until you're past the exit For the airport, don't turn off on 70A. It looks like the same highway, but it isn't. You'll be messed up for hours if you make that mistake. Now, there were lots of other highways not to take as well as that one. But he only mentioned that one route because it was the one spot where I was most likely to mess up. That's exactly what John is doing here. He knows... I know all about fellowship with God and the need for holiness. Even when I don't measure up, even when I don't practice it, I still know it. John is picking out something that is most likely to trip me up spiritually. In other words, he's selecting for his special mention the place where serious errors are most likely to occur. John is saying remember this, to be severed from fellowship with Christ's people, any of them, is really to be severed from Christ himself. So so in other words, fellowship with one another, Christian people, fellowship with one another is how I keep walking in the light. Don't talk about walking in the light if you're not on good terms with members in the body of Christ and a functioning part of your local church. This is such a practical truth for the church. So, so the next time you want healing or deliverance or some answer to prayer, I would suggest, and James does as well, go to that one person with whom you've been angry for six months and get them to pray for you. And your chances of being healed might just go up astronomically because all of a sudden you're walking in the light. Let's pray together. What a great letter John has for the church. We don't want to be people who just talk about the light. We want to be people who who stay close to it. We want to be people who flee darkness. And so grant unto us this week, grant unto all of us this week, those tender moments where your Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts wanting to draw us into the light and help us, Lord, to be humble, to be attentive, to be repentant, ongoingly repentant, craving more and more the revealing, delivering, freeing, joyful light that Jesus, by His Spirit, brings into our hearts. Keep us from the deception of the enemy that somehow walking in the light is a restrictive thing. Oh, the blindness that would believe that. But that light always frees and delivers. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness as we yield the areas where you speak so clearly. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness and make us people of the light, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Live that truth out, church. It's a profound truth. God bless you and love one another.